to today's episode of Jazz Beats, your number one podcast for jazz news and entertainment. Here are your hosts, Jackson and Tyson. So we are back after a couple weeks. We've been a little MIA for a little while. So We took an all-star break. That's right. A little early one, yeah. um, but it's glad, we're glad to be back. Thank you guys for tuning in. This is Jazz Beats, your number one Utah jazz podcast. <laughs> Self-proclaimed. <laughs> I'm Jackson Stevenette. This is Tyson Curtis, and we're, we're happy to be here. We apologize for the, the week interlude, week off stuff, but um, it's good to be back. Yeah, good to be back. I think uh, Jackson owes us all an explanation of why we've been missing our recording times. Um, due to the fact of this this virus going around, I was unable to leave my home for a little while. So um, no fun in the, the Stevenette house for the last week, but here we are and we're hopefully out of the out of the out of the the danger zone so do you think that you know how there's police reports do you think that there will be like covid reports in the reaper like in the newspapers of who had it yeah like you can see your mug shot yeah on there. Like a public i hope not yeah nobody wants to because i looked that. i looked for it and i just saw that you were under house arrest not so much having anything <laughs> okay. to do with covid but anyway you tell them whatever story you well, feel that's weird feel i have about. this anklet on now so yeah. i mean I that's know. a cute box you have there on your ankle <laughs> <laughs> we're back. Um, the last time we were here, the Jazz were on a roll, and they were right. winning games, and it's kind of flip-flop now. We've lost three out of our last four games. That's right. It, it's kind of gone uh, south just a little bit. We have been playing some teams that uh, are a little bit better coached, I would say, uh, and they have some superstar players that do make it difficult for our guys to perform the style of play that we normally do, so... Um, the first half of the season is is in the books. Done, um, done and dusted. We man. have the All-Star break coming up, but um, the Jazz have had one of the top, I think, five or six hardest schedules so far, and yet we're in first that's place. And, and these last yeah. few games have kind of showed that. They've been on the road against pretty good teams. Um, to recap, we lost against the Heat in a nail-biter in Miami. Um, we beat the Magic pretty handily, and then we lost to the, the Pelicans on the road. Right. Right, which right. was, I think that was our worst loss. And then we'll get more. We got to talk about this 76ers game right? Of um, on Wednesday night. So that was, that was a game, but that's one we also lost in overtime. Right. Um, this all-star break couldn't come at a better time though, in my mind. Right. Cause we need to reset as a team. Yes. To make sure that we're, we don't get in this new rut. I would say really quick when we lost to the Clippers, the second game, I, I would always rather trade before that, before that game had played out, and before we had played the Lakers the following, uh, the next few days, uh, I, I would rather lose the second game to the Clippers than lose the game to the Lakers. Why? Um, because I don't ever want to lose to the Lakers all ever. That's just not. <laughs> it's not cool, and it's, I'm not down with that. So, like, I'm like, all right, well, the Clippers got one or two, so did we. Fair enough. They figured us out. Uh, and they played pretty hard. They deserved that win. But I would much rather have won the Lakers, which, you know, freaking LeBron didn't even play the whole fourth quarter. Yeah, and he's he's leading the league in minutes right now. And he just sat. And they he just sat him because the, the game was in the books. It was over. That was embarrassing. Yeah, it was. That's exactly what I wanted to happen. So that, that first loss against the Clippers a couple of weeks ago was kind of the first loss in a, in a long streak, another right. long streak. And I think we talked about this. Had you have asked me... If we had to lose a game, because we knew a loss was coming, um, if you had to lose a game, how would you want it to happen? 
And if I would have said before that game, lose a close game down the wire on the road to one of the best teams in the league. And that's exactly what happened. Right. It Absolutely. came down late in the game. Um, they just they just made a few extra plays more than we did, and it, and it just came down to to stars and who was outperforming right. the other, and, and they came away with it down the wire on the road, one of the top five teams in the league. It's 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 kind of a perfect loss, right? You know, right? And the fact that we had just won them also shows that I mean we have the ability to win the team. We're not we're not a complete. Uh, we we are a component that they need to to respect. Yeah. Yeah, so really quick, while we're talking about close games, and I know there's a few games we got to cover here. What are your thoughts on how Quinn Snyder and the Jazz are handling these close games? Because the majority of the season, we've been blowing people out eight to ten points or above, and it's the close games that are starting to make me nervous. Where it's like, okay, well, we're we're great, but we don't have a lot of experience with this new style of play with the close games, and I wouldn't say that we're executing them as well as we are with our normal style of play. So what, what, what do you take from all these close games that actually end up with an L? The thing that worries me is we talked about this on the last episode a little bit about um, star, all-star caliber finishers. And you notice in a close game, and the playoffs are a lot like this too, um, down the stretch, teams quit running their offense. They just give it to their best player and make him make plays. Yep, absolutely. So we do that with Donovan a lot. Um, Conley's taken a few last second shots, which, which I don't know if I agree with, but you watch other teams against the 76ers last night. They just gave it to him beat in the post. Most of the entire fourth quarter or a three pointer. Right. Or, or, and he would make a play, whether that's out to a, a three right, or, right, or, right. or he'd step out and shot that three. That was incredible. But they quit running their stuff. The jazz quit running their stuff. They quit the motion and momentum that the blender offense bowler Jack calls it. Um, and they just kind of give it to Mitchell and let him make plays. And I almost wish we wouldn't do that because what works best for us is getting everybody involved, working the ball around, running off screens, running this blender offense, and then hitting the open guy for a three. Is that change in offense, is that intentional or is it just the the tempo and the and the hype of the last two minutes of a game where you just start, you know, scrap ball, a little bit of scrap basketball? It, or is it look coach just say all right let's do let's do have the all stars finish the last minute of the game I, I can't imagine Quinn ever saying that I don't know I think a little bit of both right because when the game's coming down each possession is that much more important absolutely so they right. now kind of take a deep breath collect their thoughts and they slow things down they don't push the ball and so it's just kind of like nail biting crunch time and I don't know if it's it's just our guys and we just say oh boy let's let's give it to our guy. Let's go to work, and then we'll all be there for him. Right? Maybe they're maybe they're trying to do the blender, but they just keep passing the ball back to Donovan, and he is just trying to be aggressive. You know, yeah. and, and I know that that's an important thing. Here's one thing I have to point out: um, you'll notice that Donovan Mitchell is uh, very the defense on him in the last two minutes of every game is going to be extremely tight, and, yeah. and it's been proven every time. I don't understand, and I don't mean to call out the coach of the month, the year, and the All Star team why Quinn Snyder is not putting in Jordan Clarkson in the last two minutes because he, to me, is a better three-point threat than Joe Ingles, than Royce O'Neal, and he can make points on the board much easier than those two players. Now, I understand Royce O'Neal is a fantastic defender, and I know Joe Ingles knows our system well and can assist very well, but if everybody is on Donovan, that leaves Clarkson an opportunity. And I, maybe he's not a clutch player, but if he's on the court, they're going to play defense on him on the on the, on. the 
the outside. That's just you can't leave Jordan Clarkson open. That will give Donovan Mitchell some breathing room, and that's that's what I see what we're missing in those last couple minutes. Yeah, give Donovan a chance if he's going to be handling the ball. We've got to at least spread the defense with some other shooters that they're concerned about. I think Bogey. I would say Gobert, Joe Ingles, Bogey, Jordan Clarkson, and then whoever's hot. Mitchell between. Did I miss? You got to keep Mitchell in. Did I miss Donovan yeah. Mitchell? My bad. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> yeah, and Donovan Mitchell. So that to me is your is your closing close game five roster. The thing is, two of those guys you named aren't on the floor in the closing. I don't. I, I don't. But I don't like that. Joe Ingles and Jordan Clarkson, and I would like both of them. Like you said, both of them need to be on the floor. Right, because that's part of our team. Like that's how we win the games. Mm-hmm. Like why, why? Like you say, why are you changing it? Yeah, why? I don't understand. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. And I'm sure Coach is, is going through these exact same thoughts of, of do we need a defender like Royce O'Neal on the floor when we're up five in the last two minutes? Or do we need to keep putting pressure and having a, an offensive guy like Jordan Clarkson out there putting pressure on their defense? I think know? that's where it's at. I think that's where it's at. You just let Gobert, if he's, if he's, less than, if he's four fouls or less, you, you don't need the defender. You need the scores. Yeah. And it's less than five points. Because I'm, I'm sure Coach has a, a, like a schedule for the game. It seems that way at least. Oh, right. the ten minute mark hit. Let's get Rudy out and put favors right. back in for him. Right. Let's give him. Let's Rudy. Rudy's got three minutes to sit. Okay. Somebody better tell me. One of my coaches better tell me. Three minutes is up. Get Rudy in the game. So I'm wondering if if down the stretch, he's better off getting out of his comfort zone of this schedule thing and going with more flow and what's who's hot and right. and, and right. what's going on currently on the floor to determine who's going to finish the game rather than oh there's four minutes left we've got to get Clarkson back out got to put our starters back in absolutely you know at so. the, end, the end of the game is a different game to me you got to play things differently Jordan Clarkson was way below his average points when we lost against the 76ers and I just need to see him on the court I just need to see him on the court if and here's another thing oh boy I'm going way too long about this if the Jazz are going to win and advance in the playoffs we have to win close games because the playoffs are not blowout games. No. Okay? They're close games every time because there's emotion and they're, and people rise to the skill level they're playing against. And in those situations, everybody will be playing hot and everybody will be playing tight. And if we can't learn to execute games when they're close, we may as well just be a first-round bracket dropout. Right. That's all there is to it. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Sixers game on Wednesday. Um, if you've been watching social media, Instagram, Twitter, you're seeing the jazz players very vocal about the officiating last right. night. What, what's your thoughts? Do you, do you feel like that costed us the game enough to, to say it is the official's fault that we have a loss in the column now? I was really confused about the save by Royce O'Neal. I, from the announcers that I was watching, they were trying to decide if it was a clear possession for the jazz on the save on the inbound. And I was like, you don't think that Donovan would have got that ball and freaking lit that rim up? Of course he would have. I've recently come into more information about somehow the ball touching the referee, which I don't have all the details on that. But So just to, just to clear up, Royce, how, how much time was left? It was regulation. I think we were up. Uh, I think there was 32 seconds or something close yeah. to that. Royce saves the ball out of bounds to Mitchell, who's on a fast break wide open. They Full. blow the ball dead, say it was out of bounds. And then they review it for five minutes for a long time. Um, and to determine whether Royce was out of bounds or not. Um, so at that time, and and our announcers were saying the same thing. Uh, oh, it's obvious. Royce is, Royce is clearly inbound. He saved still. the ball. He saved the ball. And then they come back and say, the ruling on the court stands. 
Philadelphia ball, and that's all they said. Right. Yeah. At the time. No, even even the Philly announcers were like, "Okay, uh, right, that's odd, but I guess we get the ball. We'll take it, <laughs> free." So, um, I think it was after the game was over, um, Bowler Jack and Harpering were then talking about it and said, uh, "We have had confirmation that the ball touched the ref while he was out of bounds before Royce saved it." So once the ball touches the ref, if he's out of bounds, the clock's or the ball's dead. Um, out of bounds, Philly ball. Right, but okay. why don't you say something about that? Did it first of all? Did right. it take you ten minutes or twenty minutes to Figured determine that, that? Right, or did you know at the time? And if not, why didn't you say something? And if it was, do you think? Do you think that it the the? Geez, do you think the uh, attitudes would have elevated to the level they did if that had been clearly yes. communicated to the to the players? It would have changed right. the entire game. Right, the, the the Jazz would have been like, oh, that's why it was called. Okay, now I understand. But we didn't, and so, I mean, they got a little heated. Well, even comparing to, to my feelings, just in my living room, watching the game by myself, like, sure, sure. I went from fuming about that call, saying, having no idea what's going on, what's, who, what are they looking at, like, and to being furious about the end result of that call, and then as soon as I heard that information, oh, Okay. You know, it just completely calmed me. I was done by that time. The game's over, and I'm already pissed off. The truth shall set you free. Can you imagine playing, though, (laughs) and seeing that? You're watching the replay, too, and you see what we were seeing. Right. And then them come back and say, yep, we were right. Philly Philly ball. ball. Like, oh, my gosh. Obviously, Donovan was vocal about some of his thoughts in the game and was able to get ejected. Is this the first time Donovan Mitchell's been ejected from a basketball game in the NBA? I don't know. Uh, As far as I can recall... I don't remember another one. So, it, it, anyways, he's not somebody who does this. No, no, he's not. I feel like when he complains, he's got a got an angle, yeah, you know, some type of point. But so was uh, it deserving? Was were the refs quick to eject him with the second technical? And let's talk about the first technical. Okay, so who was called by who? Joel Embiid. Embiid, yeah. Embiid called that tech. So, I don't know. I think that there should always be some time between technicals, in my opinion, because the idea behind the technical is to tell a player he's out of control and needs to cool down. So, if you're going to just shout out two technicals straight away, it's got to be, I mean, he's got to be way out of control. And I couldn't hear the verbiage of what Donovan Mitchell was saying. I'm sure it wasn't pleasant. Yeah, I don't think it was third grade classroom appropriate. <laughs> but that close to the game... I got to shoot it straight, right or wrong, on the official's part. Donovan has to stay in the game. Okay. That's my opinion. I agree. We need him on the court. We need a superstar. We need that threat. It was only a five-point game when he got kicked out. And that's still that's that's two possessions. You can still win that game. So you you got to be on the court if you want to win it. So you, you just have to learn to control that. Do you think it was on purpose, like sending a statement and a message because I know coaches do that a lot of times. If if something's getting out of hand and they need to kind of rally the troops, they'll get a technical on purpose just to, right. just to first of all, slow the game down and stop everything, but also to just get some fire going. Are you the talking players. the first or the second? Um, either. You know, do you think it was a, a strategic or a thought out thing saying, nope, I'm getting this technical because it's, it's got to happen. Somebody's got to, we got to send a message. We've got, to let the world know that the officiating is poor and let this is going to do it. I don't think so. I just think he in just, the moment. I was in the moment and I and I think that he just he had just 
all in, just full send. I don't care what if I get thrown out, I get thrown out. But I just don't think he cared. So in that first technical, um, it was right after Embiid got fouled. First of all, it was a terrible call. Awful. Um, they said, and it showed on the replay that um, Gobert's elbow was kind of at the waist of Embiid. But Lord, I, rubbish. I mean, you rubbish. cannot touch people at this point. Anyways. He gets fouled, Donovan Mitchell blows up, and Embiid is in Mitchell's face with the technical sign and in the ref's face with the technical sign saying, tee him up, tee him up. And then after he did that, the refs teed him up. Absolutely. So, so are refs to the point where they are reacting to players on the floors, helping them make calls? <laughs> like That's the only way I can explain it. It's, it was ridiculous. Yeah, that's, that's wrong. It's all wrong. I mean, we're normally we're yelling from the crowd give him that, that he traveled he traveled right so i mean if, if they can't handle an outside influence then i mean they're the decision maker on the calls on the court so Embiid is a superstar he's a big name and he has an influence on the court and that's what that comes down to shouldn't be but it is yeah and then on the other end of the floor this is this is this is just getting me hot and going. <laughs> <laughs> the other end of the floor bogey was posting up and seth curry little brother curry had bogey's arm under oh, his, I saw that. I saw that. Wrapped yeah. him up for like five seconds, just literally holding, holding his arm. His arm. He, he was pinned down. Catches the ball, looks at the refs for about five seconds. Finally, they blow the whistle. Like right, right. Like on one side of the floor, you can let the other player determine the call you make, and on this side, you can't make a total obvious call. Right. When you see it, you Absolutely. have to wait for a reaction, or you have it's to crazy. wait for. It's ridiculous. Uh, the further you are away from the bench, the worse the calls get. I swear. I swear <laughs> it. I swear it. I mean, they were holding Bogey's arm, and he was on the other side of the court. But if the Jazz bench was right there yelling, again, maybe they could have helped the referee see what was blatantly obvious. By the way, uh, Seth Curry, uh, a specific individual that watched the game with me, I won't uh, mention names because she asked me not to, but I will say <laughs> her name starts with a K and ends with Ersty. Okay. Anyway, long story short, no idea. She, uh, yeah, figured if you figure that out, miss call in, you can win <laughs> free taco. Um, she's she said, "Who's that?" And I told her, "I said that's Seth Curry. It's Stephen Curry's little brother." And she said, "Oh yeah, it kind of looks like Steph, but on crack." <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> I was like, all right. So Seth Curry it's is a little Steph bit Curry, but on crack. Less groomed. Just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of let himself yeah, go. Yeah, the beard's kind of all over the place. And uh, yeah, uh, 76ers didn't have a good three-point shooting game. And I think that uh, the Jazz defense is the credit for that because obviously they don't shoot a lot. But when Seth when Seth gets hot, I mean, he can put up some three balls. He can. So, yeah. Um, that's what's sad is we... we We've been on here for 20 minutes, and we have not talked about the game yet. Right. Sorry about that, everybody. Like this, it, the officiating was was terrible. It was not consistent on both sides. Um, the, again, the the offensive foul on Mitchell in the overtime, where he they said they hooked around Ben Simmons. They get tangled right, up. There's right, a little bit right. of contact. Just leave it alone. Just swallow your whistle. Don't call that. And then on the other side, Gobert barely taps the guy. Embiid, and they they call it and give it to him to determine the game. So, very disappointed in the officiating, and the outcome would have been different had there been consistent calls. I, I believe, I believe so. Another thing I want to ask: Do you think that we're calling our or utilizing our coaches' challenges a little too premature? Um, I don't, I don't know. I do have an opinion on the coaches' challenge, but go ahead and. And tell me what you're feeling. We've we've used two uh, coaches' challenges in the last games, uh, both involving Rudy Gobert, from my understanding. One was a foul and one was a stepping out of bounds situation. 
uh, both in the first half. My opinion, nah. No coaches' challenges in the first half. I'm not saying the league needs to do that, but as a coach, if the game is close, which you can't determine at the second half or at the end of the second quarter, you got to hold, you know, you got to have an ace up your sleeve. And especially where we know we're going to have Rudy Gobert in the last two minutes playing defense, no matter what, we're going to know they're going to try to call a foul on him at some point in some defensive play. We need to hang on to those and use them for the end of the game. Because you get one challenge one per challenge game. and you lose a timeout yep if you get it wrong if you get it wrong and the way that gobert plays defense we have to be able to make sure that we're being officiating uh correctly on that last few minutes that's my opinion what's what are you what do you got to say okay, i want to i was all for i love the challenge before i've thought of this Uh oh okay Uh-oh. so the challenge is there to make sure calls are correct right gives the coaches the players an opportunity to strategically affect the game after a bad call or or to see if they can get that call correct i feel like officials because of this challenge system are now officiating more risky so they are now saying they're going to go riskier on their calls oh that's probably wasn't a foul but i'm going to call it because they can challenge it so i think officials now interesting it's, it's in their head that that they can challenge calls now and it's allowing them to be riskier on their calls and make more, more out there calls that, that weren't as easy to see foul calls are are out of bounds. So they're just saying if, if you have to think twice about it, just blow the whistle. Yeah. And and if you get it wrong, then it'll be so challenge it and it'll be fine and we'll move forward. Yeah. And then we'll get it right then. And it's not that big of a deal. Well, and and I'm not as concerned about that if they do it consistently. Right. If they, if they want to call all those great, call all those, let us know that's how the game's going to be called. Well, the problem is too, is, is they can only challenge a blown whistle. So they can't challenge a no call. So if the guy does not get fouled, they can't challenge that and say, no, he did get fouled. Right. If the ball goes out of bounds and they don't call it, you can't challenge that. Right. So now that just means there are more calls getting made because now officials can be braver and they can call more fouls and more, they can blow their whistle more often because that's how challenges are made and that's how it gets right. So I guarantee they're trained to blow their whistle more because that gives the team an opportunity to challenge it. Where if they didn't blow the whistle at all, they can't challenge it. If they got it wrong, they got it wrong and it has to go from there. Interesting. So I, I have started to regress my opinion on the challenge i mean just let just let them do their job let's just let's just play ball uh i still like the challenge man <laughs> only because, maybe this is just because last night just yeah, pissed me off but. It, it probably is but like you know when there's like t- 10 seconds to go and it's a tie game and the coach calls a timeout and you're like standing up and you're like walking around and rubbing your hands together or your leg or you're like freaking just handfuls of Cheetos like ah <laughs> just just anxious. I kind of like I, I like that and this is the only place I get that. So the coach's challenge is like that for me where I'm like no I can freaking tell you what I have to say about all this and I'm just yelling at the TV and giving my challenge it, coach challenge yeah, it. you challenge that right now. Oh shoot they're going to Minnesota, wherever that's at, New Jersey, they're going to set them straight. These referees are awful. They need to be put in their place. <laughs> so anyway, I like it just because I get that like little bit of adrenaline and um, anticipation. Yeah. But if you're going to do that, make sure everybody knows what's going on after the challenge. Like with the official stepping right. out of bounds and touching the ball. Nobody had any idea. No, nobody. Come out and explain it clearly so we can move on and get it right. Right. They do that in the NFL, don't they? 
challenges? Well, like they like make an announcement to the crowd almost. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, hey, just yeah. so you know, he's doing this. It was this. NASA, we're going to do five-yard penalty. Uh, uh, let's resume play. And they started to do that this year. You've seen the guy go and pushes the, the button mic, to yeah. turn the mic on. And But all they said on that play was, yep, we were right. Philly yeah. ball. Play on the court. No explanation. Stands. So that was frustrating. Yeah, fair enough. Maybe it was because if it had been overturned, they're, they're uh, advised to explain why the change, the call changed. But if it doesn't, they just say maybe corp. Yeah, so that maybe. would that would kind of make sense. But they're idiots. So <laughs> naturally, <laughs> what are they? Um, All Star Weekend this weekend. Huge. Kind of exciting that they are doing it. Did you um, think it was strange that, uh, that not the best three point shooter on the Jazz is going? It's all it's all weird. It's all people that if they want to or not. It has nothing to do with. So Joe Ingles turned it down. He always turns it down. Does he really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think in the past he actually goes on vacation or goes home for hangs those few out, hangs days. Hangs out with his family. I think uh-huh. that's right. So this year's probably a little bit different and weird. But they asked uh, Jordan Clarkson what they thought um, <laughs> Joe Ingles would be doing during the All Star. He's like probably sitting in a rocking chair, <laughs> doing something stupid. <laughs> Joe Ingles is such a clown. Yeah. But it's funny, the relationship between those two, Joe and, and uh, Clarkson's actually been really, like, they, they like, have a lot of, uh, they joke around with each other a lot, which I think is really keen. He 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 respects the crap out of Clarkson. He's like, I've never played with someone like that. He's just I heard that. full on. He's crazy. And I, was, I, and I can see that. It's insane. But Joe Ingles will give crap to anybody. Of course. Whether he's an enemy or a friend or a teammate, he, he just dishes it out all yeah. over the place. I love he, it. His comment on uh, Donovan Mitchell, did you hear what he the, said? The interview. In the Clarkson? Yeah. Uh, all, the only opinion that matters to me is the guys that uh, in the locker room. And then instead of Shaq and all these other people, and then Jill says, well, then I don't think you're a superstar. <laughs> and he's like, fair enough. That's fair. <laughs> I love it. Um, we, we have some participation in the All-Star Weekend, which is fun. Yeah. Coach is obviously coaching the, the All-Star Game for the West, or for Team LeBron. Coach Q, baby. Um, Mitchell and Gobert will be in that game. And Mitchell is going to participate in the three-point contest, right, which right. is exciting. All right. Do so, you think he's trying to get like the... The triple crown. He's won the dunk contest. He's going to go for the three-point contest this year. The skills challenge is still up for grabs. Do you think right. that's in his mind? Uh, I have no idea. But I would love to see uh, Conley doing the skills test. I mean, I know. He, yeah, he deserves to be there. But, but, but I'm glad we have who we have there. That's insane. It's going to be so fun to watch. Yeah, it really will. Um, that's this Sunday. I think they're wrapping it up all in one day. It's not an all-star weekend. It's an all-star game this Sunday. It's coming up. So they're going to do some of the events before the game and at halftime and, and then finish right. out with the second half of the all-star that'll, game. That'll be cool. It will I'm be excited. cool. A um, lot of fun things in jazz country going on. Um, one thing I want to talk about before we get going is at least the jazz. I know they've lost three of their last four. They're still in first place. So at least they are giving us a chance to do well in the second half. I, I'm, I hate going into the second half of the season saying we've got to win games we've got to win out we've got to we've got to perform like crazy cuz we've got to um we've got to come back we've got to chip away at these teams that are above us but now it's nice that they are actually giving us a chance to be this top seed by playing so well in the first half of the season so that's exciting not something we are used to as jazz fans from from playing from ahead at this point 
Right. We're not we're not fighting anybody for a position. We're just trying nope. to hold our own, which is a different mentality. When you're on top, everybody wants to knock you down. So I mean, we teams come against us with a lot of aggression, and I mean they're pumped up. They they know we're number one, and and so we have to play hard every game. I don't think it makes it any easier for the players, but it sure makes it easier for us to watch. <laughs> the day that we drop from first place to second place is going to be like a sad. What do you mean when we do? I, I'm not saying we're going to. What gonna, do you mean? I, I, I'll take that back. I'll You're that. the optimist here. <laughs> You're supposed to be on our got our back this Let, time. Let's say that it drops for a day and comes back, but like like the stock market, right. but like <laughs> it always comes back. It always That's what comes they keep back. telling me. Yeah. Uh, that'll be really hard. The day if, if that does happen, where we go from first to second, uh, that will be hard. Um, so stay tuned to the second half of the season after the All Star Game. Yeah, we're playing the Rockets. Playing the Rockets. Friday, the twelfth of March is our comeback. This is a perfect time. It gets us time to regroup from these losses and figure out what's going on. I'm excited for the second half of the season. I can't wait till playoffs. I don't know about you. I hope we can win some close games. Thank you guys for listening. You've been listening to Jazz Beats. Make sure you follow us on social media. Um, comment on whatever we put out there. And let's, let's, let's go back and forth. Let's message a little bit. We'd love to hear from you guys. Thank you for listening. You've been great. You've been listening to Jazz Beats. Let's go cheer Rudy and Donovan on at the All-Star Game. 